You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. Are you a diehard comic book collector? Or maybe a lapsed fan? Maybe even someone who has never picked up a comic book in their life. Hi, I'm Remso Martinez. And I'm Mark Clare. Every single Wednesday at the Second Print Comics Podcast, Remzo and I take a deep dive into the storylines, character arcs, moments, and events that made us the fans we are today. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else podcasts are available. Check out more from the Second Print Comics Podcast at secondprintcomics.com. You're on the run with Remzo W. Martinez. There are very few things I don't like talking about. Uh, I don't like talking about immigration. I don't like talking about uh, the fact that my bowling team, when I was in sixth grade, yes, I was part of a bowling team on the weekends in sixth grade, uh, we were first place in our league because we had the highest handicap. Uh, I don't like talking about uh, bad haircuts. I don't like talking about a lot of things. I don't like talking about race particularly my racial experience in America. Somebody recently asked me online, and uh, I've been thinking a lot lately. I'll link to the previous appearance I had on The World According to Ben Stein. You can find The World According to Ben Stein on YouTube live every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and you can go ahead and also subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this, you'll be able to find the show. I'm on there pretty often. Uh, We had a show about race recently. And, uh, you know, I, I love Ben, I love Judah, I love everyone uh, who is part of the part of the show, and they have been extremely kind to me, but it was, uh, you know, I, pro- I want to say it was probably one of the deepest episodes we've had in terms of race, because we got into some disagreements, and Ben and I had a bit of a back and forth on it, and the thing is, uh, as I've spoken here on my show and on the We Are Libertarians Network, um, you know, it's... It's a complicated issue, especially for mixed race people like me. And uh, you know, I've I've always had a bit of a misunderstanding of you know what what people see and what people expect from me when they meet me and how they want to put me in a box in certain cases. Um, I don't want to I don't want to rehash something I've done a million times. And you know, for many people who may have recently started subscribing uh, here to On the Run. Uh, I, wa- I want to be able to speak with you about this and get it right and not just have it be another, uh, you know, minority lectures, a white person conversation. Um, but, you know, I, have been looking back and I've had years and years of content. And if, if you didn't know, I used to have a show called the Remso Republic, uh, from 2016 to 2018 and 2019, it was rebranded as the Remso Martinez experience. And as that was wrapping up, that was when I came to the, we are libertarians network to the show you're on, you're listening to right now on the run, uh, to change things up and, you know, start a new chapter. So many, 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 many years of stuff. And I realized, oh my gosh, I've actually had a conversation about this before with a good friend of mine, Brittany. We spoke about Latino stereotypes. Uh, you know, in case you didn't realize I've got some Latino heritage because of the name, but my father is from San Juan, Puerto Rico. And, uh, you know, I, I find myself often not even I, I only really identify as part of the Latin community because 
I, I'm, I, I really like, I don't speak Spanish. I'm not really up in terms of the community. You know, us Latinos, we don't get on a Skype call once a week and try and coordinate things. Uh, Hell, I've never even dated a Latina woman. So, I mean, it's just one of those things where when it comes to the the Latin, Latino or Latin tropes, I, I don't – it's not really me. Um, it's just I don't really identify with it. So I went back and I found this episode and a lot of the things that I would talk about, we spoke about here and we did it in a really fun way. Uh, we, we went ahead and debunked a lot of Hispanic Latino stereotypes and it was a great conversation. So I thought, you know what? For new and old listeners alike, uh, you know why? Why try and reinvent the wheel? I promise we won't do this all the time. But this was a this was a great conversation. I've known Brittany for many many years now, and uh, I thought, hey, you know what? Let's let's go ahead and give it a listen. Even I listened back to it. And I was like, I I believe that, or did I say this, or oh, that was really funny. It's a great thing about being in the podcast game, folks, especially when you've been doing it as long as I have. You've got hours and hours of stuff that even you tend to forget you did. So sit back, relax. We're going back in the time machine to the Remso Martinez experience. And uh, come on, let's learn how to make uh, Latino jokes and Latinas angry and uh, have a conversation from there. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Enjoy. You want to know what you need more of in your life? Politics. Yeah, nobody ever said that. But if you've got to go ahead and spend money on one nonfiction book, it's got to be the ultimate clash of wisdom, awesomeness, and then obviously the politics. But why not a little bit of comedy? Why not a little bit of a memoir? Why not something that's going to make you say, hey, I actually enjoyed reading this. I laughed. I learned something in the process. Check out my book. It's an Amazon bestseller. You may have heard of it. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians. It talks about all the things you think you might know about libertarians, plus a lot of things that I bet dollars to donuts you don't know about. You can get it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble online. So go on right now. You can get it in print or ebook or Kindle or whatever you call it. Just go out and get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble online today. It's Stay Away from the Libertarians by Remso W. Martinez. Happens to be me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the one, the only Remso Martinez experience. I am your host as always, Remso W. Martinez. Go ahead and do me a quick favor. Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at Remso4VA. That's F-O-R-V-A, Remso4VA. Follow me. I'll follow you back. That way we can go ahead and keep the fun coming. I don't know about you, but I'm in a pretty jovial mood. You could say I'm a bit ecstatic. You know, it's great to have a good day. It's great to, you know, find money on the street. Get a free, you know, get a free giant bottle of alcohol that you probably typically can't afford. You know, have someone compliment your shoes and, you know, how you were able to make it work with that tie you bought that you weren't really feeling because it was a weird pattern. You know, just weird things like that that make you feel good, but you don't necessarily want to go out of your way and say, hey, notice me. In fact, nothing's more beautiful than karma. And I don't know about you, but uh, there's nothing more beautiful than seeing two things you hate go after each other. 
What am I talking about? If you're in the Northern Virginia area, you know about the dastardly, devish, blah, 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 I can't even talk right now. It's a pretty dastardly place because they make you pay for parking just to shop. It's called Reston Town Center. I don't know about you, but uh, I don't like to pay for parking if I have to go shop. And uh, I have a bit of a history of Reston Town Center, working for Boston Properties through a contractor there. I was a... Yeah, this is going to sound very sexy. I was a unarmed security card, a.k.a. a mall cop, for a little bit. Hey, you know, everyone needs a job every once in a while, and I was in a little slump at one point in my life, and hey, they were hiring, and I was more than happy to do it. Any honest job is a good job. But... It was uh, definitely an experience. So one thing I hated was the fact that somebody must have thought it was funny during my shift. They always put me in front of probably the worst Mexican restaurant in the United States, Uncle Julio's. Uncle Julio's where the margaritas are watered down and everything um, everything tastes burnt. The thing that I really hate about Uncle Julio's was that on the outside, they have this really... And, and you guys know me. I don't get triggered very easily, especially when it comes to identity politics or stereotypes. But there's no denying it. Uncle Julio's had this giant mural on the outside of the restaurant of a mariachi with giant buck teeth, uh, a mustache that was just inhuman. Like it was just it didn't even look human. Like it was a mariachi that was, I mean, he just didn't even look like a human being. It was weird. It's like he had just jumped off a Cholua bottle. It was it was ridiculous. And uh I had to take care of the drunks, and I had to make sure no one was getting into fights with Uncle Julio's. It was terrible. So now, uh, you know, almost a year after working there, Uncle Julio's is suing Reston Town Center for lost revenue because the paid parking is deterring customers from wanting to go shop there and eat at the restaurants. So now my least favorite restaurant is fighting my least favorite place I've ever worked at, and it's like a Godzilla fight. It's beautiful. But this got me thinking— you know, during that time, people used to make a you know a lot of snide remarks about me. It's like, oh, Martinez, we thought you would be comfortable if you went to go stand in front of Uncle Julio's. And I laughed at it. But this is something I've had to deal with with most of my life. And folks, in case you don't know me that well, um, I'm not necessarily what you would consider a quintessential Latino. One, I don't speak Spanish, contrary to what you may think. And my uh, understanding of most Latino culture doesn't really go beyond the Taco Bell dollar menu. But I have had to live with this throughout my life, and it's something that, you know, me and other people that come from a Hispanic or Spanish heritage have had to deal with. Today, we're going to go ahead and try and debunk some of the most ridiculous Latino stereotypes ever, but it would be a bit hypocritical if it was just me doing this all by my lonesome. Tonight, we have a special guest, my good friend, Brittany Lopez. Brittany, welcome to the program. Great to have you back on. Hi. Nice to be back. So you're you're in Florida, so I don't necessarily think you've had to deal with this as much, but when you've traveled outside of Florida, which is at this point northern Cuba, um, or is that just Miami? Um, it's pretty much just Miami. And then the more North you go, um, it gets a little bit more diverse in Orlando we're predominantly like Puerto Rican and Colombian Venezuelan. Um, but yeah, Miami is predominantly Cuban. So throughout your life, have you ever dealt with any strange situations where people tried to throw like a Latina stereotype on you? Or is it just people that live outside of, you know, a larger Latino community? Because when um, I lived in, like, Texas and Arizona, I didn't really deal with this shit. Since I've been living up north, I've seen it more predominantly. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, in 2017, in the in the wind uh, in the spring, um, I lived in D.C. for a couple months, and it was like people coming up to me, and like although it's I don't get offended. What um, I would say is. Um, Offended by nothing, but bothered by everything. <laughs> like my life motto. Um, so, like, I would have these, you know, good-looking white men at the bar, like suit and tie, like looking at me like they want to buy me a drink, and then they go, "Hola, cómo estás?" And I'm like, um, <laughs> "Okay." Well, so, did, well, did you get a drink out of it? I don't, I don't hear anything bad in that situation, other than they just know really poor Spanish. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I did kind of ring it out. So hey, if, if it works, it works. Oh. No yeah, judgment. But, <laughs> yeah, but in the South, um, it's a little less. Um, the stereotypes that aren't very like culturally uh, divisive divisive um, is the worst. Not the worst, but like you'll have someone come up to you and talk to you in Spanish. That's pretty much like. You know, that's uh, one of the most embarrassing moments. Yeah. So, yeah, for a lot of people, it is. So especially, um, you know, second and first, second generation Americans, Hispanic Americans um, that, you know, didn't learn Spanish very well. Um, That's very, very common in Florida and probably like South Texas, where someone comes up to you and starts speaking to you in Spanish. Um, And then all you can say is like, oh, sorry, like I don't speak that much. Like the thing that really embarrasses me and like I I'm a pretty bashful person like I can make fun of myself quite a bit but this is the one thing that does make me uncomfortable it's really embarrassing when white people know Spanish and then they come up to me and I introduce myself and I'm like oh I'm Remso Martinez and they're like Remso Martinez like they're, they're exaggerating the enunciation of my name in ways that I don't even do it and then they start speaking Spanish to me and I'm just standing there like a dumbass and everyone wants to see a conversation occur because it's like watching animals fight at a petting zoo and then That's- I have to go out and be like yeah I don't I don't speak it. Yeah, I mean, not to get uh, like too, you know, into this topic, but um, it reminds me of the the primaries when Jeb Bush, not even Hispanic, would out like speak. Vito Corleone, um, he doesn't speak Spanish. <laughs> Are you talking about Ted? No, I'm talking about Jeb. He came out and he said his name was Vito Corleone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> No, but I, I remember, like, in a debate, like, Jeb, like, tried to say that Ted Cruz didn't speak any Spanish, and then Ted Cruz, like, took a knack at it, but <laughs> totally, like, wiped him out. And, um, like, Jeb is married to a Mexican. I believe she's Mexican. And um, he speaks, like, very good, fluent Spanish. So, yeah, I get what you mean with, like, white people, like, they know more Spanish than you do. It, it's... It's America. It's kind of weird. Like, it's this weird melting pot of of languages. And we don't know much about our own, you know, history and history around the world. But, you know, different people know different things. And it's so weird. But, you know, it's what makes sense. I I mean, it didn't really like, you know, I come from a very multicultural family. Both my parents have at least one Caucasian parent. My dad's mom was white. My mom's dad was white. But my mom's mom is Korean. And my dad's dad is Puerto Rican. So it it gets really weird. And when it was time for me to learn languages growing up, 
it was either between Spanish or Korean, and that turned into a very contentious topic around my family. So I tried to cop out and I tried to learn French because my idea was I'll go to Canada and pick up on French Canadian women, and that failed terribly. So, you know, I tried to pick the neutral language, but it is quite strange. But I want to go ahead and I want to go ahead and pull out one of the lists I found there. There's actually apparently this has been a topic that people have tried to throw some ideas at before. And folks, I'm going to go ahead and include all the articles and lists that I pull out in the show notes today. So that way you can go ahead and review them yourselves. But um, I want to go ahead and just go through this, try and, you know, separate the fact from fiction. So let, let's see how ridiculous things get. And, uh, you know, I, I'd like to just throw out this disclaimer. There's a little bit of truth to all stereotypes. After all, they're there for a reason. But sometimes yeah, they're just a bit ridiculous. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get with this one. And this is uh, from the Huffington Post. And this <laughs> this is one way to start out. Uh, Latinos are bad or absent dads. The ma- the majority are present, hardworking, and tender with their kids, but um, the Latinos, lar- by large, are absent or bad fathers. Now, with this, it's kind of weird. It's very subjective. Yeah, because, um, well, first of all, they're saying, like, you're either this or that. You're either, like, you know, all Latino uh, dads are bad or all Latino dads are good. So the way they worded this article is like, you're either this or that. And it was nothing like not all. No, they just went ahead and like, you know, tried to, um, like debunk the stereotype by saying that a hundred percent isn't, that's not true. Um, so the thing with our culture is, I mean, our parents like culturally are very, very strict. So for them to say that Latino dads are bad or absent is not necessarily true in the sense of they are absent because they're very hardworking and they leave in the morning and come back at night because they're working all the time. They probably work two jobs, et cetera, et cetera. We don't aren't we're not exactly the most um, wealthiest of demographics. So um, we do take labor intensive jobs, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So when they mean like, you know, it doesn't mean that if you're an absent dad, that doesn't necessarily mean a hundred percent absent. And it doesn't necessarily mean that that means that they don't care about their family and they just leave. Yeah. And, and the other thing is when it comes to like the most negative of Latino stereotypes, a large chunk of them, I mean, let's just admit they're really aimed at Mexicans specifically. Yeah. But something absolutely. you mentioned is that, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of Latino men have to work really hard. And the thing about Mexicans specifically, I think they get shit on quite a bit, but I don't know about you. And I've said this for years, <coughs> got clear on my throat for this one. Um, I've never seen a homeless Mexican in my life. Oh my God. I think about that all the time. <laughs> I've so I'm no, not alone I'm in that. Like all the people that I see standing on the street begging for money, they're either black or white. Like I've never really seen a Hispanic plainly asking for money without selling you something. Yeah, I've seen like I've seen like really like broke ass Mexicans, but they're standing in front of the local library or Home Depot waiting for someone to pick them up for a tiling job. Like they yeah, work. they don't they don't do anything flowers. else. Yeah, yeah, they're they're. They're, they're selling flowers or selling, um, like in Miami, like people, you know, it's, it's public property. I don't really know what 
you know, the coconut trees in Miami. I don't really know what the laws are with that, but like at night they'll cut down coconuts and they'll sell them to the public. You know, um, they'll sell trinkets, they'll sell food, like, you know, these cantinas, like hole in the wall restaurants that sell cheap, but really good food. Like you never, Uh, it's it's in our blood to be very entrepreneurial. Um, and so, yeah, I totally agree with you. And like, I thought about that all the time. Like you don't really see, um, like homeless or beggars, you know, to be Hispanic. Exactly. It's just, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I can go to DC like right now and count the next 20 homeless people I see and they will all be white or black. And, you know, I, I come from a border town uh, in Arizona and they were always working. In fact, I remember when the housing bubble, you know, when our housing market really started ramping up because people from California were running over to Arizona, it was all Mexicans that were building the houses. I've never I've never seen a homeless Mexican in my life anywhere, and I've been around this country from coast to coast. I've never seen it. But uh, this yeah, next or one, yeah, what's really interesting is like they'll make a house out of, you know, it's not it's not like California where they're pitching tents on the side of the road. It's like they're really creative, and you know, it's it's for their family. It's usually not like single men's try, single you know men trying to do this. Is like um, I know in um, some cities in. Texas where they're essentially it's a problem because what happens is it's it's that's not what it's meant for but they'll rent out storage units you know and that's where they'll live holy and shit that's like what what yeah it's I mean when you think about it, it's like really 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 cheap rent for just an empty room and all you do is put some beds in you put a fan you get a generator and people will live out of storage units and it's illegal but at the same time it's like you're not technically homeless uh, that's some crazy dystopian shit yeah. Oh my god. Well, they are you know, they, we get really creative, you know. We're very <laughs> you know, we will sell you anything. We'll, you know. You'll never see a homeless Mexican. <laughs> All right, this yeah. But yeah, so this next one is uh oh, this next one's kind of funny. It, if you don't speak English, you're undocumented. Okay, th- this is th- this is why I make fun of like Miami, Daytona those yeah, areas. My um yeah, like Mine. my father, my father's from Orlando. And uh, I remember he told me a story about the first time he went to Miami and he met these two uh, Cuban twins and he tried speaking to them in English and they didn't speak English. So he tried saying, oh, we're from Cuba. Are you from? They're like, no, we're from Miami. And he's like, why don't you speak English? And they both looked at him and they were like, because we're from Miami. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's really hard to get around Miami if you don't know any Spanish. It's probably one of the few, very, very, very few cities, but probably the largest city in which, you know, if you don't know Spanish, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, that's that's a given. Okay, the next one. All Latino men have tattoos. I, I don't have I don't have a tattoo. I don't know where they got that one. I don't know many. I don't know many Latino guys that have tattoos. I don't know where they got I that one. Don't either. I think the Huffington Post needs to meet more Latino people. Honestly, yeah, I think I know more white people and like you know people like biker culture people that are tatted. Yeah. Not many Hispanic. Yeah, you it's know? just it's not really a thing. 
Yeah, especially if you're, you know, uh, come from a, a religious family, um, you're very much covered up. It's not necessarily that you don't have a tattoo, but like respect. You're not going to relig- go ahead and start like showing it off. Right. Yeah. So you're not going to have like necessarily like neck tattoos or calf tattoos, which I've seen, you know, men walk into Baptist church like tatted, which, you know, it's fine. I don't mind that. But like in his in the Catholic culture and Hispanic religion, like you're very you're very um, conservative in that way. But it doesn't mean you don't have tattoos. It just means you know how to cover them. Yeah. Okay, this next one kind of follows in. I'm reading this list from BuzzFeed right now. Um, Okay, you're Latino, therefore you must speak Spanish. This kind of hits what I was talking about at the beginning. It's like I feel like in most situations I lose my Latino card because I don't speak Spanish. I don't know know why that's a prerequisite. I know a lot of Korean people around here that don't speak Korean, and no one ever gives them a hard time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, definitely. The more north you go, um, you're gonna run into that, but that doesn't make you less of a, of you know, culturally what you are. Just, just curious. Did you speak Spanish at home, or did you speak predominantly English? Yeah. So I was born in Miami. So my, well, I was born in Miami, and then a couple months after I was born, I moved to Dominican Republic for a couple years. So Spanish is my first language. Uh-huh. Um, I actually went to the Dominican Republic and attended an English school um, to 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 learn English. And then I came back to Miami and then moved around a little bit. But Spanish is my first language. I kind of lost it a little bit as I moved around. Um, and as we were my family was getting business and stuff like that, we just used English more often. So um I'm fluent in understanding. I would say I'm intermediate in speaking. Um, but yeah, that's like my background in Spanish. Uh, it is my first language, but unfortunately, like it, I lost some of it. Yeah, but it's not like it's detrimental to your life. Like you don't feel like you've lost yeah, out like opportunities, I could, right? I perfectly fine in a Hispanic uh, in a, in a Spanish country. Gotcha. Okay, this next one I gotta say is probably the only true thing I've seen on here thus far. All Latino people love to drown their food in Tabasco and other hot sauce. That is such a lie. What the hell? How is that a lie? What? Island countries do not use spices. We don't eat spicy food. Okay, now I just feel ignorant. Eat spicy food. Dominicans don't eat spicy food. Cubans don't eat spicy food. The only... Caribbean countries that eat spicy food are um, like African-based countries like Jamaica and Haiti and the Bahamas. But Spanish countries in the islands, we don't use Chile. We don't use Tabasco. We don't use any of that. Okay, so definitely. So you can yeah. all the Latinos spicy food and, and put Tabasco and hot sauce on everything. That's like a that's even more of a Central American thing like. You know, you don't really put hot sauce on Peruvian food or Argentinian food. Yeah, that that's definitely noticeable. But I could definitely agree that's how it is of Puerto Ricans because, you know, I've got I've got a couple Puerto Rican friends here in Northern Virginia. We'll, we'll go out and we'll go get, um, you know, there, there's a Peruvian restaurant up the road. And yeah, I have noticed that Peruvians don't put a lot of 
Um, they don't put a lot of spices on their stuff. So we're always asking for more spices, but you know, even like my family, like we go through bottles and bottles of sriracha and other things, but I think that might just be a personal preference. I don't necessarily know how that's a whole cultural thing. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Cause in, in, in Florida, I mean, the more South you go in, in South American countries, the less spices they use in their in their cuisine central american is very spice um spicy type of stuff like like chiles and and jalapenos and 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 peppers and then in the caribbean you're using more herbs like cilantro culantro uh, garlic that kind of a spice but we don't really use spicy you're missing out girl you're missing out. You need to add more. You need no, to add more Tabasco to your life. It makes life worth living. Oh my gosh! No, it ruins the food. No, it enhances the food. It's like saying that adding bacon to something, you know, destroys the meal. Bacon only enhances. Are you sure you're Puerto Rican? <laughs> now, okay. The next one. Next one. Okay, th- this one we have to find some common ground on. Um, all Latinos love tequila. Well, I don't like tequila. It will not go down my throat. It's just like, it's spicy piss water. <laughs> it is. Like, yeah. I like, I like whiskey. I like bourbon. But tequila is like a different level of stuff. It's just, I've never enjoyed it. The first time I ever took a shot of tequila, I was at this party and uh, I, I was I took the shot and literally it touched my tongue and it's like at that point I had already swallowed it but I was coughing so then it came out my nose so that my oh. nostrils were oh. like on fire but that's not the worst part this girl I was trying to hit on she took a shot too she was laughing at me and then it forced her to swallow the tequila and all of a sudden she's choking and then it came out her nose so that just like killed the whole vibe and since then i've never touched tequila again wow that's a story yeah i mean it's funny now when it <laughs> happened i was like oh my god i'm dying but i i i, I have not had tequila since i've it's just one of those things that i just don't i don't, i didn't like it that time i wouldn't like it now yeah, tequila is a Central American thing. Again, like in Puerto Rico, Cuba, and, and Dominican Republic, we like spiced rum. We like rum, uh, Bacardi, those types of things. Uh, I think Captain Morgan is Puerto Rican. I think I know. I know Bacardi is Puerto Rican. Okay, here, here's the thing: like Puerto Ricans stole Bacardi because originally it was Cuban. And then they fled Castro and they went to Puerto Rico and they stayed in Puerto Rico for the tax incentives. So technically it is Puerto Rican, but not really. Well, there you go. Caribbean, though. Yeah, like we don't really fancy tequila. It's it's um, very much rum is the predominant liquor. Yeah. I know white people like to pretend they like tequila. It's like saying you like tequila is like saying you're more badass than other people. I don't get it. That's how I feel like with vodka. Like, ooh, it's like, like it's what? like rubbing alcohol. Like you can't say you love. I don't know. I mean, to each his own. I drink it. I drink it all, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm, um, I'm an equal opportunity drinker. Rough. I just don't like tequila. 
yeah, it uh, tequila is one that if it's not in a margarita, like it won't go down my throat. Well, it's like it's like vodka. I'll never take a vodka right. shot, but I like you know like a vodka cranberry. Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I'll take yeah. a shot of rum though. I do like rum. Yeah, rum is good, and Captain Morgan rum. You know, it's cheap. I like it. It's spiced. I'll, that's that's in any day. Yeah. Zen, but I I'm not sure if cruising is is from a Latin country. I don't know about that one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give it honorary Latino hood. Okay, this one, this one I'm just going to leave to you because I know you have an opinion about this. All Latinos are Democrats. Mm. <laughs> Not if you live in Florida, <laughs> um, which the Hispanic vote does lean more towards Republican. So especially like the Cuban vote helped us a lot. Um, you know, it, it, you know, we have Marco Rubio as senator. Like, a lot of our politicians are Hispanic. And a lot of our Hispanic politicians are actually Republican. So um, I think it's in our culture. Like, it's just something that when we come here, we're indoctrinated with, hey, like, the American government is supposed to help you. You don't speak English. We can be of a resource. Let me, you know, give you a ladder. But instead, like, when they come here, you know, people praise them to to take advantage of these resources in exchange for a vote um which is sadly like the democratic party we see a lot um of um but yeah it's in our culture to be conservative we're pro-life pro-family um we're very entrepreneurial um pro-gun pro-gun freaking puerto ricans love guns yeah. Like when the apocalypse happens, folks, I hope you have a Puerto Rican friend because their house is part armory. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to deny that one. I don't know a single Puerto Rican that doesn't arm themselves. Um, That's because everyone thinks we're Mexican. Too. Therefore, we're part of a gang. <laughs> <laughs> it's a well, true thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Puerto, Puerto Ricans, like, stereotypically <laughs> speaking, I guess, like, we all pretend we're in a gang, like the Puerto Rican gang or whatever. We all think that we're, like, so tough or whatever. But, um, yeah, we're, we're known to be a little bit rowdy um, and, and, you know, be armed and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we, we are very pro-gun. Um, what else? We're, you know, pro-economy, pro-small markets. I mean, there is a reason why you never see a homeless Latino, and it's because they're working and they're paying their taxes. <laughs> yeah, I well, I don't know about paying their it. taxes, but they are working very hard. Well, I mean, Puerto Ricans don't like to pay their taxes. That's oh, why they'll never yeah. become a state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all, I, I don't know how you feel about this. I'm all for like selling Puerto Rico. Like, make it like, yeah. no, like sell it. That way they could, that way they can handle their debt. Make it like McDonald's Island, Marriott Island, Disney Island. That way you also fix unemployment. Wow. Disney should really buy out Puerto Rico. Disneyland or Marriott? Oh, maybe either or. Um, It'd be either. Either would be better than the current situation. It's a great business uh, venture. (laughs) Buy an island. Make it and make it their uh, own. Um, I am actually for statehood of puerto rico oh come on Uh, why 
I mean, I really think that 51 stars on the flag would look really cool. No, it wouldn't. We'd need an all-new flag. And it's like saying that you like California. If 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 Puerto no Rico way. if Puerto Rico had a little bit more money they would be California. I don't think so. No, I think Puerto Puerto Rico is very pro America. Even though they like they sound like they vote Democrat, I think they have a conservative governor right now, um, and they're trying to weed out all the bad politicians ever since Hurricane Maria um, and that stuff happening. But um, I mean, we technically have more Puerto Ricans in America than in actually in actual Puerto Rico. So fun fact. Um, Yeah. There's more Puerto Ricans in America than on the Island. Damn. Yeah. So, I mean, it might not be bad to sell it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just have everyone come to the mainland where there's more opportunity and the odds of being destroyed by a hurricane again are low and they'll just sell the Island. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I believe, like with Florida being like the number one retiree state and like the number one, like, like, um, I don't want to say immigration state, like people from all over the country just tend to. It has the largest migrant community in America outside of Texas. Yes. Um, with that, like, you know, with all that minus the Puerto Rican community, with the Puerto Rican community, I believe like 200,000 more Puerto Ricans moved into like central Florida alone. So, oh, um, but damn. surprisingly that the Puerto Ricans that I've met that migrated here after the hurricane, they all have money. Like it's not because they could afford to leave. <laughs> true. Wow. True. Um, I've got, I've got family still in Puerto Rico and it's like, why can't we get them over here? And it's like, cause cousin, they're broke. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay. This one, I, this, this leads into our conversation perfectly about this. And there's the last one for this BuzzFeed article. Everything else is just regurgitated like from the previous list. But this one is um, actually this I would find to be the most offensive stereotype. Latinos do not want to assimilate. That is 110 percent bullshit. Yeah, I agree, Um, especially Cubans. If you can compare, you know, like you, we understand now Cuba is still stuck in the 50s with all of their things. They come to America they make a whole lot of money. You know, they, they basically made Miami what it is now. Um, you know, North you know, Cuba. The, right. <laughs> <laughs> the capitalist Cuba, I guess. Um, well, Cuba could be, that's an even better thing. I don't know why no one ever compares Miami to Cuba. Now it's like comparing, you know, Disneyland to a dump. Yeah. And then people can really see what communism does. Oh, absolutely. Um, I just had a business partner go to Cuba for a cruise, and he said, everyone is content, but everyone is also content with the lowest standards of living, and they also are content with not achieving anything because so, the government so can't like, to just survive. So it's like saying that they're not unhappy, but they would like to own more crap. Yeah, exactly. Like they would like to achieve, like it is frowned upon for you to say you want more than what you have. Um, you know, whether that's a bigger house or a nicer car, or even like if you have 50 TV channels and you want a hundred, like it's some, it's very small things that are frowned upon. You know, if you don't have, if you don't appreciate what the government gives you and you want to go further than that. 
Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. It's um, I, I mean, and here here's the funny thing, and I'll, I'll go back to Puerto Ricans. Like, I think Puerto Ricans easily assimilate because, oh, like, definitely. they're there. There's no like when you think of Puerto Ricans, there's no one majority race of Puerto Ricans. Like, I am a very white Puerto Rican. My brother has you know, like pale white skin and he's blonde. And I know Puerto Ricans, especially from like New York, for example, in uh, Queens and Jackson and Jackson Heights who are black, who are Puerto Rican. I know yeah. really Mexican looking like Puerto Rican with very, you know, very tan skin. So like, if you can really kind of jump into whatever crowd you feel more comfortable with, if you're Puerto Rican. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm half Puerto Rican and half Dominican. So my Dominican side, you're either really pale or you're really brown. Um, my Puerto Rican side is majority pale, um, but my ha- my mom's blonde. My her aunt is redhead. You know, I'm uh, brunette. Uh, wait, a, a, a redheaded Puerto Rican? Oh my god, yeah. Those exist. <laughs> yeah, those are oh like my- vampires. You know, no, I went to. Um, in my middle school, I used to have a crush on a redhead Puerto Rican Jew. That's not freaking real. Yeah. It's no freaking way. Yeah. <laughs> so was he I mean, just like born in Puerto Rico or were his yeah. parents actually of like, you know, Latino, Hispanic, Puerto Rican descent? Yeah. He's, 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 he's part, you know, um, Abernathy. How do you say it? I'm I'm gonna butcher it, so I'm not even gonna try. Yeah, the, he's Jewish. His dad is Jewish. Like oh, Ashkenazi. His, yeah, Ashkenazi. Uh-huh. Jewish. And then okay. his mom is like Puerto Rican, big hoop, like tight jeans, heels, Puerto Rican. Oh, one of those. Um, I don't know where the red hair came from, but the, the red hair is just like a freak of nature. Like I make fun of my brother for being blonde and having freckles, but a redheaded Puerto Rican—that's like a saying you saw a chupacabra. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, Hispanics come in, like, all different shapes and colors. We're not just all, like, tan. We're not all brown. How, 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 how hard do you think it was for that guy when he was applying for college and he had to fill out the FAFSA? Oh, I don't know, but it must have been free. <laughs> I mean, at that point, like, he's, he's raking it, and then he shows up, and people are like, you're not paying for crap. And he's like, yeah, that's, that, that's because I'm Puerto Rican, so, I, you know, affirmative action helped me. It's like... What the hell? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm getting angry thinking of that because like the FAFSA, like I, okay, I was applying for a new job recently mm-hmm. and I, 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 I don't, uh, and, and this is weird and this can go off on a rant. I'm, I'm going to try and, you know, tame it, but like, I don't feel Latino. I, I just never really have. And I have to put Latino because uh, on most uh, demographic forms because of my name, because when I say, uh, you know, I don't really identifies Puerto Rican, it's like, oh, but your name is Remso Martinez. I'm like, yeah, but my name is also William, and you don't see me saying that I'm Irish, do you? Oh, look at me. My first name is Brittany. My middle name is Amber. My last name is Lopez. A- Amber's like the whitest. That that and Courtney are like the whitest names you could find. Yeah. So Brittany, Brittany is excusable, but Amber. Yeah. Ah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, this one is actually a topic that you and I have discussed before for uh, for a, for an article I wrote a while back. But this one has some different stuff. I'm reading from TravelBreak.com. Ten tips to date a Latina from a Latina. 
let's see if this Latina is speaking for all Latinas. Before I go further, what what uh, you mentioned when you were when you were in uh, the DC metro area, you had a bunch of white guys try and pick you up by speaking poor Spanish. Do do you find it more charming when they attempt to do it, or do you just think that's like a that's a no go immediately? But you'll still take the free drink because who wouldn't? <laughs> Yeah, either or I'll still take the, the, the free drink. It's like when I had a gay dude hit on me one time and I'm as straight as can be, but he bought me a drink first. So I yeah. felt rude not drinking it. So I drank it. I, I definitely <laughs> think it's it's a little charming that they're trying to try, but it's like what if I wasn't Latina? <laughs> You know what I mean? Oh. Like, I was in DC, I was a little paler at the time. I'm very like proud when like they can um when they can distinct that i am latina i'm like yes like my beauty is showing (laughs) my natural island roots are showing and this is what's gravitating but um i was just like oh like sometimes it just takes me back by surprise like oh my god how do you know especially being in dc like um you know when i travel to different countries i get mistaken by other things that you know like in london when i went to london there's not many hispanics in london and so i was being mistaken for arab because of my skin color um and my nose shape um so they were mistaking me for arab but i'm just like how do you know like that's so interesting. I mean, I think it's charming. I don't ever really, like I said, like I'm not offended by anything. Um, but bothered and I by everything. You, if you're kind of like being <laughs> creepy, but um, yeah, I think it's I think it's funny. Like it's it's kind of cute. Okay, I, I could definitely see the the Arab thing because we have a large Palestinian and uh, Lebanese community here in in Northern Virginia, and sometimes I can't even tell. Mm-hmm. Because you know the their, their, the facial structures, it, it could go either way. So I could definitely see that being a thing. Okay, uh, f- let me see. I'm going through this list. Okay, this one I definitely credit to like Hollywood. It's you know de- this is definitely coming out of you know West Coast Hollywood culture. Uh, Latinas are inevitably hypersexualized. I think everyone thinks that every Latina wants to be like a Sofia Vergara or even Longoria and that they're always trying to put on airs when they go out in public. That's not why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I like think that is. I, I think, I, I, OK, I've never seen a Latina without makeup. I will say that. OK, I, I will say that much. But I feel like other people, other women that aren't Latina. OK, I, I'll, I'll put it this way. I, not all Latinas wear makeup out in public, but non-Latinas are less likely to wear makeup out in public. Yeah, that's just something that we're taught as a young girl. Like, like, be- like his- in the Hispanic culture, in the Latino culture, like beauty is almost everything. Um, and I'm not saying that as a materialistic, you know. In a, in a materialistic way, like you want to be approachable, you want to be, um, yeah, that's basically it. You want to be approachable by men. You want to be approachable by women. You want to be approachable by business. Like you just want to have a really good appearance. You, you so, want to be friendly and professional, but you don't want to look like you're hitting the clubs. 
Yeah, well, you know, a lot of let's take it too far. <laughs> but it makes us feel good. Like, just it's you know, we're we're known for our curves, our bodies, our legs. You know, we love wearing heels. Like, I I know a lot of um, what do you call um, tomboy Latinas. And, you know, but they, we still appreciate beauty and we still appreciate, like, um, if you look at like Spanish newscasters, like the women are dropped at, like they're models. They probably, no, no one's watching that news for the news. Right. Exactly. But this is like our standard of like presentation, like to have our chest out, to have, you know, a nice, butt, a tight dress on just showcasting the news and this is something that you know that we let our little kids see from babies to grandpas like that's normal to us like sexual i don't want to say sexualizing our body but 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 taking pride in your figure right like Like you could do that without looking like a prostitute right yeah so i mean we definitely do have standards of going too far where you're going to work looking like you're going to the club and you might get some side eye, but at the same time, like just two or few notches down from that is what our standard of normal fashion and appearance is. Yeah. So we, we just, we just covered, you know, how, how taking it too far can, you know, put up, you know, ne- negative, negative connotations you you some people take it too far for everything this next one i definitely think is more attributed to those latinas that do take it too far the stereotype is people will assume that latina women are not educated or skilled i i have definitely heard this complaint from especially puerto rican women people think that they're either you know they're they've got sugar daddy or they're a trophy wife and that they don't work and that they don't go to school. I've definitely heard that as a complaint before. Um, I think it's weird because I'm, you know, you, you come from, you know, the North, you're, you know, I'm a damn Yankee at this point. Yeah. And I'm from the South. And like, even though you are a uneducated, non-working Latina, like you are busting your ass at home. You are taking care of the kids. You are, when your husband comes home, usually the husband just gives over the paycheck and you make sure all the bills are paid. The food's on the table. Every single speck on the house is clean. Like we're always, we're not lazy is what, you know, the actuality is like, I don't think any, um, grown Latina. And I say grown, like maybe in the twenties, you know, the youth is can get lazy but you know when it comes to like marriage and kids and like anything after like your youth um latinas are like very hard working just not in the way that is what is perceived as you know um they, they definitely ch- don't look down on you know a, a domestic life like you yeah know, a lot of i'll say a lot of left-leaning white women typically do because it seems like to be a homemaker to be a stay-at-home mom especially in my neighborhood it's looked down upon yeah no that's very very like you are achieving so much not just to say you're a stay-at-home mom but you take care of your house like if you can work and take care of your house like that is 
way above and beyond. But if you are a good mother, wife, sister, daughter, and you are taking care of the household and your family, like that is like what the pinnacle of achievement is in like the Latin community. Like the one, like the man can be the breadwinner, but in like the Hispanic community, the breadwinner is not the, um, the highest title in the household. It's the person who's taking care of the house. Oh, absolutely. Because at the end of the day, like most Latina women who, who have a family, like they're, they're in charge of the checkbook at the end of the day. Yeah. They're doing that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, definitely. Like it's, it's not necessarily that being, it's not necessarily that not having a job and being uneducated is looked down upon. It's just that our standards of achievement and, you know, and, and what we see as successful is just having your household in check. Absolutely. And, uh, the last one that I'll cover on this list and just for, just for clarification, uh, you know, like my girlfriend, I've been with her since 2015. She's, She's got green eyes and blonde hair, and she comes from a German-French family. I, I've only ever been on a date with one Latina, and she was Puerto Rican. And th- this is funny. And, folks, if you've been listening through this entire thing, yeah, this probably won't surprise you. But she said she didn't want to go on a second date with me because she wanted a man who was more Latino. Literally, she said that. And she said it over a text. So there was no inferring. It was just that. And at, at that point, I was like, what, what, what the hell do you mean more Latino? So this one I definitely have no real understanding of. But the, the last thing on this list specifically from TravelBreak.net, Latina women need to feel needed. I, I don't understand how that's just a Latina thing. I think all women, all men, I think that's just a – I think that's just something that people want. People want to feel needed in a relationship. So I don't necessarily know how that's just explicitly a Latina thing. What, what, what do you think about that? Here's the thing with that, like going back with the um, women need like the pinnacle of achievement in a Latin community is to take care of your household. Like we need to make sure that our man is coming home all the time. We need to make sure that they're fed. We need to make sure that they're going to work, blah, blah, blah. blah. And by like needy, it's like we are a little controlling because we want to make sure that everything is in order. Um, That's probably like in in a way if i can alter the sentence like that's what i would perceive as the it's okay to be needy like feeling because, valued yeah it's okay to, it's okay to be needy and feeling valued because you just want to make sure that um you are getting attention you are making sure that your husband is reporting to you that your kids are reporting to you that your mom and dad are reporting to you that everything's okay like that's just something that we're taught as a young girl you know, the mom is basically like the mom or the wife or the the female in the household is like the boss of everything. And the boss always needs to be con- communicated with and, you know, stuff like that. So that's how I would take it. Um, that, I don't, that makes a lot more sense in a way. Yeah. So it's not necessarily a bad thing when they say needy, but it has a bad connotation of like being emotionally dependent on things. And we are very passionate people, but it also comes from the male side. So if you're talking about like emotional dependency, like that's just, that's like all Latinos, like that's just like our passion and our culture. And that's how we are taught to communicate. 
Yeah, that that totally makes sense. So we're at the end of those lists, and folks, I will go ahead and include all the articles that we talked about in the show notes today. Before we uh, wrap things up, Brittany, was there any Latino, Latina stereotype we did not list off that you feel definitely is something that you've encountered way more often that was not included on any of those lists? Um... No, I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, yeah, from spicy foods, like we don't eat all spicy foods. Or we tequila. Don't all, or tequila. Um, we don't all speak Spanish. We don't all look alike. And then, and you know, especially like we don't just date our kind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think we covered everything. This is a great conversation. Sounds good. So I, I definitely need to plan a vacation to somewhere south of the border eventually one of these days definitely maybe even go to puerto rico you know i've never been to puerto rico oh my god me neither that's like my motherland and i've never been that was my new year's resolution so hopefully i get to go this year yeah for for me with my father and my brother we try and plan a trip overseas every year and i wanted to go to israel and they wanted to go to puerto rico and i was and they were like why do you want to go to puerto rico versus i mean why do you want to go to israel versus puerto rico and i was like because i don't want to come back having met a whole bunch of cousins that are going to end up asking for money once i go back to dc and i know i will not encounter that in israel so anyway Brittany, thank you so much for coming on tonight absolute pleasure as always of course, Ramzo. Anytime. So, folks, was there anything that you had a problem with? Anything you think is true? Anything you think we didn't read off? Go ahead and send me a message over at anchor.fm. Just speak it to your phone. We'll play it on the show next episode. Tweet me at Remso4VA. And, uh, yeah, let's, let's see how much controversy we can get from this. There's always someone that's going to be a little bit upset about this. But we'll be <laughs> back tomorrow. As always, go ahead and have a, you know, have some fun. Stay away from politics. Don't tell me didn't talk about the shutdown once because at this point who cares live long be happy take care america i'm remsa w martinez good night Listening to the We Are Libertarians Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at WeAreLibertarians.com, like the Chris Spangle Show, Liberty Explained, The Brian Nichols Show, The Boss Hog of Liberty, Freedom Strips with Keaton Tucker, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, Gingerarchy with Trisha Stewart Mann, Upward Libertarian Activism, and now hear this. Tune in now and we're going to help you sound smarter when talking with your friends. 